Well, we want to welcome everybody to Spruce Grove Community Church. We want to welcome everybody online. If you're visiting today, a special welcome to you from all of us. We're glad you're in our house. We're glad you're visiting with us today. Well, I was sitting before the Lord this morning. I was listening to a song. And the song is called, Nothing Else Will Do. And there's a statement in that song, and it says this. I want to be caught up in your presence. As I was singing that this morning, I felt, can that be our heart today as we go into this service? Can we get caught up in the heart of Jesus Christ and His presence? Can we do that this morning? Put everything aside and get caught up in the presence of Jesus Christ. So let's stand to our feet as we go back into worship. Let nothing else get in the way. Let's get caught up in Him and honor Him and worship Him. I don't know if you feel it, but the spirit of prophecy is, is just rising in this room. Like, net, like oh, I can hardly contain myself, but this, decla- this is a declaration. But it's not coming from just a song. It's coming from the, the throne of heaven coming down. If you can sense the, the power, the authority in it. And we need to make this declaration that those greater things that you have declared, Lord, for this city, we call it forth. We take hold of it now in Jesus' name. And we say yes. We say yes. Say it with me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we hold it. We take hold of it. And we declare those greater things. We declare those greater things in this city. We declare those greater things in this country. We declare those greater things from your throne. Lord, your will be done. Lord, your will be done. We take hold of it. We receive it, Lord. Start to cry it forth. It's not a song to sing. It's a words to declare, to call it out. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the power and the authority that is in his children, we declare it out and start speaking it now. We start saying it. Lord, we declare those greater things. Yes, Lord, we speak it forth. Let those greater things now, Lord, we take hold of it now and here. Oh, yes, we receive it, Lord, those greater things. Oh, Lord, not just for this city, not just for this country, not just for this province, but, Lord, for this house, those greater things, for these people, for this people, Lord, we take hold of it, those greater things for me. Start to grab hold of it for yourself, for your family. You start to declare it even now, because we're, the throne of heaven has come down, and he's hearing What are you going to declare? What are you going to take hold of? It says, by faith, by faith, we remove mountains. By faith, the dead are given back to us. By faith, our families are given to us. We declare those things in Jesus' name, Lord. We speak it forth. We say, thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord.
just wondering if you can see it yet. Salvation in Spruce Grove. Salvation in Alberta. We declare that in Jesus' name. Freedom in Spruce Grove. Freedom over every stronghold that would come our way. Freedom over financial struggles. Freedom over addictions. May the freedom of Jesus Christ come into every situation. We speak life over our community today. We speak life over our community today in Jesus' name. Jesus. Can you see it yet? Can you see it happening? So Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus Christ that these things would come into being. We prophesy it in the name of Jesus Christ that today they are not just songs, today they are not just words, but they are declarations of truth that will transform a community in the name of Jesus Christ. Do we agree with that today? We need to see what the Father wants to do. And as we see it, we need to proclaim it. Every moment of every day, because I still see it in this place. Even as I look at certain individuals, there's freedom right now in front of you. I can see the bondage. I can see the strongholds. I can see them falling off of you right now. For some of you, these are mindsets, thinking patterns that you have not been able to get rid of. Freedom right now in the name of Jesus. We come against those mindsets that are not of God, and we command them to leave in Jesus' name. For those of you that have agreed that you will never be healed, today we break that lie. I see healing in your lives right now in Jesus' name. Healing. In Jesus' name, whether that's a physical healing or that's a healing right now, and I see it over every addiction that would come your way. I see those addictions falling to the ground in the name of Jesus Christ. Take those addictions, chuck them to the ground, because that's where they belong. They do not own you any longer. You are not owned by those addictions. Thank you, Jesus, for the freedom that comes as we draw on you. It is there now. It is there tomorrow. It is there the next day. It never stops. That freedom is there, and it is available. We receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. God is not done today. He is a lot on his list of what what he wants to see happen in this place today. 
there's more. There's more available. Amen? But Kim is going to be coming and sharing the Word of God with us. Oh, man, I, I don't even know where to begin right now. The Spirit of God. Listen, people, uh, who is here Wednesday night? There's been some things being put, brought in by the Spirit of God, and, and it's been kind of culminating for a long time, just simmering for a long time, but it's starting to boil over. And, and you know, when, when I've been at this a long time, when you start to see the stillness of God come in, that's, that's a whole new level. And most people in church don't know what to do with it because they rarely see it. And, and it gets you, most people, very nervous. But when it starts to happen, it is actually a much higher level um, than what most people experience. And so that excites me because it's, it's telling me that some serious things about to take place. Are we ready for it? Are we ready for it? Um, I, I got to just get some prophetic words uh, the Lord's been showing me. And, and otherwise, you can forget, you know. But Jen, in the last two, three days, the Lord's, I, I've been prophesying, not prophesying, praying and interceding. And your name keeps coming up, Parkland Wellness. That's, that's what it is, right? And the Lord's been kept showing me there's going to be an elevation of awareness and, and um, that's not even the right word an, an elevation of, of recognition is a better word to put it and, and it's going to bring a, an opportunity for you and, and what that ministry does to bring about something major changes within this community I don't know what that is but major changes for the gospel for the gospel, there's going to be some, uh, uh, whether it's an anointing or whatever that comes through, but it's going to be recognized publicly. So be ready for it. And Cam, the Lord showed me something about you just while we're sitting there uh, about a half an hour ago. He said, I don't know what this is, but uh, whatever's been taken away from you in the last 10 years is coming back in a flood. I don't know what that means, but something's like been taken away or almost like stolen away and and god says it's going to come back in a flood all of it so so take hold of it open up your doors and just say receive it amen and i saw i don't know who this gentleman is but the i i I saw this uh i saw an angel walking behind you and he picked something up it was like something that was dropped in your life that was given to you by God, but it was like it was dropped somehow. I don't know where or what. But the angel came, picked it up, and he, and he tapped you on the shoulder. And he says, here, I'm giving it back to you. It's yours. So you take hold of that. I, I believe that that is something to do with a calling, something to do with, with in, in that area. I don't know what, but grab hold of it. And it's not been lost. It was dropped. That's important. But the angel of the Lord is now giving it back to you right now. So you just have to lift your hands. Just put your hands up and just say, I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And Ken, the moment you started, you were prophesying up there. I've never seen you do that. But the moment you did that, something changed. 
Something changed, and the Spirit of the Lord clearly told me. He says, says, in Jesus' name, I prophesy to you that the spirit of prophecy will start to rise up within you, and the anointing of the Lord as you minister in worship will not just be ministry and singing and song, but it's going to be a prophetic word and a prophetic declaration that's going to be an authority that you have never experienced before, and fears and things are going to start to fall off of you, and you're going to start to, to rise at a much higher level than you've ever seen before. You're going to start to see things in the Spirit of God that you've never seen before. You're going to start to operate in other realms than you've, that you haven't done in the past. So receive that in Jesus' name. And I release that spirit, that prophetic unction over Ken in Jesus' name. We release it right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That was free. The rest you got to pay for. Amen. Hey, oh, by the way, Matt, I had a great idea. While you do your Zoom meeting, uh, Carrie can be in the background doing the Zumba. Wouldn't that be a cool? Yeah. And she, <laughs> anyway, just an idea. Anyway. Oh, la bashor, abatasar, how many are you ready for the Spirit of the Lord to minister to you, to move on you? I'm going to try and give a, a bit of a synopsis of what's been happening over the last two, three months. Um, there's time. It doesn't operate the same on the earth as it does in heaven, right? It doesn't. You, you guys understand that, right? See, so what happens in, in, on the earth is relegated to time and it, because everything's temporal. So, so it's restricted. And that's why God wants us to get into the, to the uh, eternal realms of heaven because time isn't a factor. So we can operate, we can do things so much faster, so much more can be done in a minute of, when we're with the Lord and in the heavenlies than it could take 10 years on the earth. Same with revelation, same with understanding. And that's why Pastor Mark, I know he, he, he pushes that and pushes that and pushes that until we're fed up with it. You hear that, Mark? No. <laughs> but that's why, because he understands that. And those who understand this, if we could just get to that spot, you'd understand. Because we have to, we need it. But yet, at the same time, we still have to operate on earth and it's not an easy thing to do because it, it, it's how do we how do we bring the two together right and that's what the pastor's all about that's his job no. <laughs> I want to read I want to read something first to give a foundation of what I want to share the prophetic word the spirit of prophecy is here very strong. In John 1, chapter 1 and verse 1, I, I'm just going to read this because nobody, it, it just, you can't, it's, it's got to be one of the most incredible parts of all scripture because no matter how many times you read it, it it's just comes alive, right? Because John had one of the greatest revelations of Jesus that anyone has had. And it says, 
In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But they're going to. But they're going to. Gavin, there's a prophetic word for you as well, and your wife. You guys have been pushing Israel. (laughs) That's the right word. But it's because it's your passion and there's, a, there's, there's a, an understanding that you have and a love that you have for them. And God's just, this, this, just the Spirit of the Lord just tell them, says, it is going to happen. It has been spoken. I have declared it, says the Lord. And he says, it is going to happen and continue to pray for my people of Israel. It is going to happen. Amen. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right. Did you know it's a right? To become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And then in John 1.16, I'm going to skip a few, but it says, For from his fullness we have all received Grace upon grace. Wow. In the one verse, he tells us the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it or did not comprehend it, did not overpower it. It it could not appropriate it or absorb it. It was unperceived. Those are all the different translations that talks about that. The darkness. We're living in a time right now where we see a darkness sweeping the earth. And I don't know about you, but anyone who's a saint of God, it frustrates you from the inside. There's a a holy frustration that comes out. And it's hard to describe it. It's hard to express it. It's hard to, to, to debate it. Because it comes from a whole different realm. And that's, that's, that's the difference between the, the, there's the time factor and then there's the eternal factor. And our spirits are linked to the eternal factor. And how do we express the eternal things of God to those who are temporal and to those who are in the darkness? They can't comprehend it. They don't perceive it. They don't understand it. It cannot be absorbed. And so there's this rift that seems to, to, to be happening, and there's a frustration. Or am I the only one? There's a holy frustration. So we have to know what to do with it. We have to know how to deal with this. We have to know what time and realm we're in right now so that we can hit the mark. Amen? Can I have an amen? Our mandate and our purpose has never changed. Did you know that? You see, we live in a different time as, we, as 2,000 years ago. We have different circumstances. We have different 
uh, issues. We have different problems. But the mandate and the purpose and the call has never changed. Not one iota. The mandate is still that we bring Christ to the earth. That Israel be saved. That all mankind may know the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you all agree with me on that? So we cannot allow distractions, because that's what that holy frustration is. These are distractions. The, the, in the New Testament, they say they have the same distractions, just under circum, different circumstances. They had distractions that would try and keep them off course of what their mandate was and their purpose was for the church. There's the individual mandate. There's the corporate mandate. Then there's the, 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 each body, like here, has a different mandate. But they all fall under the one same category. That the whole world may know that Jesus is Lord. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Mm. Have I got your attention? We can't allow distractions, rules, regulations... Take us off course of what we are called to do. And that's, we're experiencing that in our generation like we've never experienced before. At least here. Let me tell you, you go to other places like Guatemala, there's, there's, we've been, we experience things that you never will experience. It's new to us here. So it's not, it's not something to be trivial, trivialized about. We don't, we don't make light of it because it's new to us. But it says we overcome it. Amen? So we overcome these distractions. And these distractions, they're, they're brought in by that spirit of fear that has come. That fear that comes that's trying to cause separation and try to keeping our eyes fixed on, on uh, the, the little issues, the problems, the distractions, instead of on the purpose and the mandate of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what we see happening. So don't, I'm just, this is like a, like a warning almost. Don't let it happen. As new regulations come in, it, it, it causes more frustration. And so we, we find ourselves in three different camps. Some who, who are very nervous about, some who don't get, care one bit. Right? And some who are kind of in between. I just wish it goes away. Can't we just have world peace? You know? That's or something like that, right? But none of those matter. None of those matter. It's, it's what matters is that we stay on course. We stay on course. We let us stay on course. And in everything we do, in everything we do, everything you put on love. We put on love. It doesn't matter what, what, what camp we're in. It doesn't matter what calling we have. It doesn't matter whether you are, a, you, you are, a, uh, you are the from Damascus. I saw that, heard that one. It says, yeah, I, I, I wish that I could go to Damascus tomorrow. Right? And others don't want to go to Damascus. They like them. You know? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I missed that. What? Oh, now you finally got it. The blood. That reminds me of a joke, but I don't know if I'll tell you that one. 
Now, we've got a lot of blondes here. Does that mean I have to explain it 20 times? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't you love it? But it doesn't matter what we do. This is, it says, we're a noisy gong, clanging cymbal. We can remove mountains by our faith. We can go out and cast out devils, which is a great, that's lots of fun. But it's meaningless if we don't have love. If our motivation is, is love. If it's not love, it doesn't mean a thing. It has to be love. It says, above all else, we put on love. And so this is our motivating factor for God's mandate, is that for God so loved the world that he was willing to go out into this disease-infested world coming from a perfect place that didn't have to wear masks, wasn't relegated to time, wasn't concerned about money or finances, and he has to come into this world, and he has to come into this environment. Why? He says, but because he loved us so much, so we do the same. Can we do that? Can we do that? We have to just, we have to, it says we put it on. We put on love. The love of God is in you. If you have, indeed have the Lord Jesus Christ, can I have a show of hands? Who has who has Jesus? Amen. Then it says you put him on. You put him on like a glove. You put on the love of Christ. And when you start to look at others, you don't look at, you don't look at the, the, the issues at hand. You look at the need and the mandate and the purpose. And you look at it through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we do that? That is what is, that's what we have to do today. And as we do that, it says, that's where, that's where then you see there's Mark. So you guys are very blessed to have these two different realms kind of thing. Most churches just have one, you know, like one. You guys have two or three different kind of areas. One like Mark where he, where he, he pushes you higher. He pushes you higher. And then you have a guy like, uh, you know, the evangelist. Who, who reminds you of where we are today and the mandate that we have here. Amen? Which, and both are so vital. One, one isn't more important than the other. So, there's, so we, we are reminded, but we have a job to do here and now. And that is the love factor. Amen? But then we do not forget the pursuit of the higher call of God in Christ Jesus. And that is a personal thing that we push higher because the higher you go, the, 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 the closer into the, into the, the, the realm of God and the, the heavenlies of, with the Lord Jesus Christ, the more you can accomplish in a moment here on earth. Amen? We cannot do it on our own, in our own flesh. We can't do it in our own wisdom. We need the mind of Christ. Amen? There's so much to do. Greater things. uh, That song. This is really cool. These are my notes. Listen to this. There's so much to do. Greater things are still to be done. Hmm. Greater things are still to be done. 
So let's leave the, what does it say? Leaving the elementary things, principles behind and let us move forward. The greater things are still to be done. That is our mandate, people. That is our mandate. He's re- this morning, he was reminding us of that mandate. Greater things are still coming. Are you ready for it? Can you feel it? Can you grab hold of it by faith? Amen? I, 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 in that moment, of that, so, those, when singing that, there was declarations starting on. I just couldn't. I had to get up and just start to speak those declarations. And I started to, I saw this picture of Joshua you know, the, you know, the one who took over from Moses? And he was in the battle, and he says, we need more time. See, there was a man who says, even after Moses was in the tent of meeting, Joshua was there with him. He was the only one who was there with him. But it says, when Moses left, Joshua stayed. Wow. See, he, he was, he was taking, uh, talking about Mark there. I need more. I need to go higher. But then when the battle came, he understood what to do. So when the battle came, he just said, God, I need more time on this earth. In the heavenlies, it's already set. I already saw what to do. I already saw it's done. But here on this earth, time is a factor. Time, I'm limited to time. So God, give me more time. Give me more time. And it says the sun stood still. We were given more time because we asked for it. Are we dare, do we dare have the faith, the gift of faith? To stand? That's what was operating out of Joshua at that moment. Give me more time, God. How can that be? In the natural, it is an impossibility. It is not, it is not part of the equation. But because he touched heaven, because he knew and he saw in the heavenlies and he understood the eternal principles of time, He was able to come down and just declare it in Jesus' name. Give me more time. For what purpose? To say, oh, wow, that was cool. No, for a purpose. There was a reason. And in the same way right now, I just feel my spirit say, I would wrap, my mind says, Lord, take us now. Lord, just let, why don't we just go right now, God? It's way better for us. It's way better for all those who know the Lord Jesus Christ if we just go right now. Amen? But it's not more expedient for the world. So for that reason, God, give us more time. Until our job is finished. Until our mandate. Until all of Spruce Grove comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Until Israel comes to know Jesus as their Lord, as their Savior, as their soon and coming King. That he has already prophesied, that he's already spoken forth. Lord, give us more time. So there's a struggle within me. I don't know about you, but my mind is, and my, my, my heart is saying, I want to go to you, Lord. But my spirit, my spirit is saying... But we need more time. That's what Paul, that was the same, same battle that he had. And he came to the conclusion, it's better that I'm here. People, it's better that we're here. It's better that we're in this place right now. Because what would they do without us? What would they do without us? What would we do without Cam? 
No one dances like him. Maybe you could do the Zumba with him. <laughs> the light of the world. I want to. I want to talk about the light of the world. Oil in our lamps. Who is the light? Here's a good question for you. Who's the light? We are. But I thought it says here that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. We're in darkness right now. But he says, whoever walks in me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. But then again, in Matthew, he turns around and says, Something completely different. And then he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We're not just a little candle, we're a city. We're a heavenly kingdom. We are the kingdom of God. That's what he's referring to as the city. We are the kingdom of God. And it cannot be hidden. And there are... Countless millions of people searching for that kingdom. We can't afford that light to go out. Amen? The darkness we see around us shouldn't surprise us. He told us it's going to be here. It should not surprise us that these things are coming to take place. And yet it seems to have surprised us. (laughs) Who's wrong here? I've come to the conclusion that when I read something in the Word of God and I have a disagreement with it, I find that I'm the wrong one at wrong, at fault. I came to that conclusion a long time ago. But I still like to to argue with him once in a while. But but God, you know, hey, just a sec here, I got this theory, you know. God just chuckles, yep, yep, okay. Just like a little kid, you know, they'll get these ideas. No, I'm wrong. (laughs) God wins. So in Matthew 25, it says, verse 1, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins. Praise God, we have ten virgins. Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) Who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, Go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. This is the perfect analogy of where we are in time right now. It is that parable. That is for us right now. And we have been seeing it being played out in the last several months where it started out. Now, there's there's something to be said here. Um... 
There's four characters in this story. There's the watchman. There's someone crying. There's someone, evidently, who wasn't sleeping. Woo, aren't you glad for that? Somebody wasn't sleeping. So he must have been an adult, not a teenager. We know that for one, right? No. <laughs> Probably a grandpa or a grandma. Because we wake up so early in the morning. <laughs> and we have five wise virgins, five foolish virgins. Right? And we have Satan. He's not mentioned here, but he's there. So we have these four characters. And it starts out where there's this cry. Now that is already occurred and is occurring right now. And there are certain individuals and certain ministries that God has given that ministry to. This church, and I believe this was even spoken. I, I don't know if I shared this or Mark shared it a few years back, a couple of years ago. But this, this church is a watchman church. It is one of the churches that is on the wall that is crying, it's time to wake up! There's the alarm clock. It's time to wake up, church. Amen. And those that are part of this are part of that calling. Whether you like it or not, you're part of that calling. It starts, to, it, 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 it kind of envelops us. It's, a, it's, a, it's part of the mandate of this church. So let's not forget the mandate that we have as a corporate body, but also as the body of Christ. And then we also have the individual ones. And there's different ones throughout, throughout the, the world that God has called to be a watchman. And they're crying out, church, it's time to wake up. And the, we, we understand that the ten virgins are, are an uh, a analogy of who, the church. But it says they all fell asleep. They all got drowsy and fell asleep. And we see that where it's just kind of, we, we kind of dropped the ball a little bit. We kind of got... Weary because the bridegroom was delayed. I remember, I don't know about you guys, but I remember in the 80s, in the mid-80s, that, oh, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Everything. That's what everybody preached. And then there were some who started preaching and speaking specific time. Oh, yeah, he's coming in 1988. He's coming on this day. Nope. Sorry. Didn't come. Oh, no. What do we do now? You know, now we missed it. What are, what are we going to do, man? <laughs> We're in trouble. No. came And they got drowsy. It says the church got a little bit drowsy and they kind of fell asleep. But the cry woke them up. Aren't you glad for watchmen? Aren't you glad for, for, for those who have never fallen asleep? Amen? So we've already, that's already come. And it's still happening. There's still time. There's still time. I know that. There's still time, but the time is getting really short for the five foolish. It's getting very short. And we have to decide, decide what, what camp, what category are we in? What category are we in? Corporately and individually. You can be in part of one corporately, but in a whole different camp individually. Just like you can... Cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. And Jesus, God says, go away, I've never knew you. 
What are you, what are you talking about? He says, you, where was the love? Go away, I never knew you. So it's not about that. Okay? So we have to decide what camp are we in. Where, where, where's our life personally? In John 14.30, it says, Jesus said to his disciples that the ruler of this world is coming, but he has no claim on, on him. That's a very interesting statement. And it has very much to play with where we are right now. So you see the... the the, the carrying on now says as the church awakes we're seeing that we're wiping the slumber some of the churches are waking up a little faster than others some are still sleeping but it's starting to wake up and they're starting to take tally of what they have and it says the virgins they saw the wise ones they realized oh I've got oil on my lap I'm ready for it it's it, that that's that's referring to the the, the Holy Spirit the preparation of the gospel that is within us, that we're ready, that we haven't fallen off the course. But then there's the church, the part of the church that, that weren't prepared. They weren't just drowsy and falling, falling asleep, but they have lost the anointing. They've lost the oil. They've lost the purpose. And when they saw and they looked, we have no oil. They came to the conclusion that they were wrong. Praise God for that. Do you know in Revelation in chapter 3, it says, Jesus said, says, you need to come and buy from me gold refined in fire and I salve. That oil, that anointing oil, it says that buy that I salve and you need to come and you need to buy it from me before it's too late. And that's speaking to the church. That's speaking to the foolish. There's, there's some things that God gives that are free. His salvation, his love, all of the wonderful things that, that come along with that. But there's some things that you cannot receive for free. Some things you have to pay for. Some things you have to pay for. And that's one of them. And we're going to get to that in a minute. And then it says, they trimmed their wicks. You don't hear about that. That's where we are right now, people. That's where we are. Right now. So if you, put your, if you put your hand to your ear spiritually, you'll hear the footsteps of the bridegroom. It's stronger now than it was six months ago. It's stronger, way stronger now than it was two years ago. But if you listen, you'll all agree. I hear the footsteps of the bridegroom. He's coming up the stairs. How long that's going to... See, this is where we, we, we have to be careful of, especially those who are prophetic. So we have to be careful of time because time in heaven is not like time on the earth. And there's different variables, the variables of prayer, the variables of intercession. All it takes is one man, a righteous man, uh, who has fervent prayer and fervent faith, and he can touch the heavenlies, and everything changes. One man. That's all it takes. And all of a sudden, the timeline on earth changes. It didn't change on the, in, in heaven. It changed here. So we have to be careful about how long that's going to be. We, I don't know. It could be a month. It could be a day, two days. We don't know. It could be two years. It could be ten years. You see, but let's not get stuck on the time. Let's get, let's get 
Let's look at the reason, the purpose, the call. Let's not get distracted at the, at the distractions. That's very profound, isn't it? Let's not get distracted on the distractions. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> so that's where we are now. So what does it mean to trim the wicks? What does it mean to trim the wick? Now, you see, now I had to study that out when I was like, this is like a month and a half ago, and the Lord was showing me this. I had no idea there was an actual science behind trimming the wick. I couldn't believe this. Like, man, who comes up with all this stuff? Isn't, don't you just take some scissors and go snip? You know, no, apparently not. (laughs) Right? Apparently not. They said, no, if if you just simply snip it, he says, you actually do not get the proper flame, the proper light, and you do not get the proper um, uh, flow and soot and the creosote and all the junk starts to form. So he says, you have to trim it at a specific angle. That's like nuts. So he says, we're, here's, we're here trimming the wick. But if you don't trim the wick, the, 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 it, the oil in the lamp cannot get sucked up properly and cannot the, the, the light will not show, it will only flicker, and it creates a black creosote as well. And it says in our own life, this is the time right now, it says it's time for people for us to trim the wick. We have to cut off the black, ugly stuff in our life. It's time for us to start to remove it. And when Jesus, in John, like I, I, wrote, I read that verse, John 14.30, it says, The ruler of this world is coming, but he has no claim on me. Now, I found the best translation, and Mark, Mark actually two months ago, in, I was with him in Lethbridge, and he shared about this. And it was oh, it's just like, wow, because I was already talking, meditating on this, but he brought out the, the, the one that was so good. He says, he has nothing in common with me. Satan and Jesus had nothing in common. So here's Satan, and he comes in these times of darkness, and he tries to, to grab the handles in our life that he can grab hold of. He tries to blackmail us. He tries to, to uh, coerce us because he says, but I know what you did last week. Your wife might not know, but I know. And he tries to blackmail us. He tries to, to he, he finds something in common. Something that's in common, which is of the world. So do we have anything in the world in us that, is in common with Satan that he can blackmail us with, that he can coerce us with, that he has a handle to, to grab a handle hold of. And it says that's why we strip aside and we, 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 we make it so that there's nothing in common. He has no claim over us. So when he comes to the courts of heaven and he says, I want to sift you like wheat, He has no claim. He has no claim. And so it's time for us to start to strip away the darkness, the things that are in common with the world. We all have them. Amen? This is where we're in right now. We all have them. Each one's a little unique, a little different. 
um, it was about a month, little over a month ago, a month and a half ago, um, we were in the a Friday morning, Friday prayer, and the Lord showed, gave me this, like this vision, and he uses me in visions all the time, but it was already being spoken in the, uh, in the, in the prayer meeting at the same time, and it was talking about the two trees, and, and on, the, on the one side, there was the tree of life. On the other side, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I, was, I saw myself walking in between the two of them. And I wanted to get to the tree of life. I wanted to get to the tree of life. So I'm making a dash for it because I know that's where it's at. That's where I'm supposed to go. That's the mandate. That's the purpose. That's the call. That's the, that's the straight, narrow path. And I'm finding myself going there. But yet, I felt this gravitational pull to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, remember, this is in a vision. And I'm, I'm starting to literally see myself going like this. And it's, like, it's, it's kind of like a magnet. You know, it's like pulling. And I'm yelling, Jesus, what's going on here? I don't want to get over here. And that's what Paul talks about. He says, oh, wicked man that I am. Why do I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I want to do? But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a victor. But that doesn't stop us from, from that doesn't eliminate us from the, the uh, mandate and the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the responsibility to strip away those things that are causing that gravitational pull. So I saw myself starting to take off certain parts of my clothing, like I had a backpack that was weighing me down, and, and okay, I took it off. And things that were, were, were causing me to, to go off to the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil, representing the world. And, and as I started to Lay these things aside and through repentance and forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That stupid thing that I always want to do. Why did I watch that stupid movie last night? I didn't want to watch it, but I watched it. You even nudged me two, three times, Lord, but I still watched it. What am I doing? So we eliminate it. Am I touching some nerves? And then all of a sudden, the gravitational pulls a little less. There's not so much in common. There's not as much claim. So Satan has a little less claim over me than he did the day before. That's trimming the wick. And we're in that time right now where it's that preparation. Trimming our wick, filling our lamp. And we're in that small moment of time, people. See, there's some of you and some of us and some in the kingdom of God who are prepared. They have tr- already trimmed their wick. They have already filled their oil. But there are many others who haven't and some in between. And God is giving us this small window of time, this small window of time. That's why I said, God, give us more time that I can fill my lamp to, to the fullest, that my, my wick is trimmed to the, to the utmost so that when the time comes, when the darkness comes, my light is there to such an extent that it cannot be extinguished. The darkness cannot comprehend it, cannot understand it, cannot um, grab hold of it. Amen.
That's where we have to be. We're playing, this is being played out in real time, people. This is being played, I'm not speaking of something sweet by and by and whatever. This is real time right now, what's happening in the spiritual heavenlies. What time is, oh man, it's almost 12. I got to get going. I missed that. What? Oh, yeah. Lord, give me more time. Everybody, take your phones, turn them off. No. <laughs> um, there's, I'll share this real quick. I was going to read this or share a little bit of it, but I, I'll just touch on it real quick. Seven years ago, I had an incredible vision here, sitting right there, right where Derek was sitting. And uh, I had... Uh, an ama- it changed my life because it was one of the most vivid visions I've ever seen. It was an open vision. And I was found myself on the mountain. But on the fourth level, which was higher up, I found myself going into this cave. Jesus saying, come in. And in the one cave, it was full of mirrors. It, in fact, it wasn't like a different mirror. It was all me- one big mirror. And I could see myself 360 degrees. Scary thought. And... Uh, and, and, and yet I was stripped away, totally naked. That's another scary thought. Don't get a visual, people. No. <laughs> and, and I could see everything, but I didn't see the, the physical me. I saw the spiritual me. And, and I could see every scar, every wound, every imperfection, every piece of dirt, every, every I, I even saw green fungus on my toes and, and my feet. And then, and then as when I saw that, I was so grossed out. I said, oh, my goodness. That's, I thought I was cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's going on here? And he says, yeah, your spirit is cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have access to the Lord, to the Lord, the Father God, because of the blood. But there's still a lot of junk that's hanging on. That's hanging on. It was in my, in my brain, in my mind. And it was ho- holding me back. And then the next cave, and I, I'm just sharing this real quick. You got to buy my book to, to, to get the whole story. But for only $10, no. <laughs> the, uh, but in the next cave, it was like a heavenly spa. And I was sitting there, and there was already two other guys sitting there, and they were getting worked on by these angels. I mean, full-fledged angels. I saw the, the, whole, the wings and everything in such absolute detail. And they were, they were giving the guys pedicures, manicures, doing their hair. I mean, it was everything. It was really cool. It was so neat. And I got to sit between these two guys. And these angels started to come, and, I, and they said, okay, what did you see? And I started to share with them, and they started going to work at the areas that, that were imperfections. And I could hear these other guys talking about the fifth level, the next level up. And I couldn't understand what they were saying. Like a lot of the stuff is like they're speaking English, but I don't understand it. It, it would be like Jim trying to talk to me about computer science and, and programming. I could understand the words, but I don't have a clue what he's talking about, about the un- understanding what it means. Do you follow? Okay. And uh, I'm there and I'm sitting there. There's another level, which I already knew. But, he, but then they made a comment. They said, the only way to get to that other level, that they started talking to me, is to get rid of this stuff. You can't go the next level 
until you get rid of this stuff. That's where we're at, people. This is where we're at. God's saying the next level, next level. Amen? And then I saw on Monday here um, at, or at, at home, my wife and I, in the last two, three weeks, we've been having like visitations in our home. Um, I, I, I was, Lord was downloading stuff, but there was such a spirit of intercession over our house. And, and, and I started praying and I said, Lynn's got to be here. I've got to get, go and get Lynn. Uh, it's just so strong within me. What's going, like, I haven't felt this for a, quite a while. And I go in and Lynn's on the ground praying. And I said, Lynn, you know what's going? He says, yeah, I just feel this presence, the need to pray. And we, we started praying, and the Lord showed me this vision, uh, again, of, of I was in the courts of heaven. Now, there's a difference between the throne room of God and the courts of heaven. They're the same place, but just different function. So when, when God is standing there, and he's there as the judge, and he's making declarations, it becomes the courtroom. Otherwise, it's, it's the throne room where, where it says there's the worship and the praise and the glory. But all of a sudden, when God has something to speak or declare, it becomes the courtroom. And it becomes the legal. There's the, trans, what's it called? The scribe. He's writing out everything. You know, so let it be written. So let it be done. That's kind of what was happening. And God stood up and he had his scepter. And this is so real, people. This is happening, and I'm not, this is real time. This is happening right now, right now. And he says, and he stood, put out his staff, scepter, whatever, whatever it was. It didn't look like a big scepter. It looked more like a staff. And he put it out, and, and there was thousands of angels. I couldn't remember, see how many, but, but it wasn't millions. It wasn't hundreds of thousands, but thousands. And which is enough, but they were commissioned there. They weren't ones who were always in the throne room of God worshiping the Lord. They were very specific, um, specifically called and commissioned for a purpose. And they were all there, all in order. And God put out this staff and lightning came out of the staff and hit every one of these angels. And he says, I'm I, I'm. Commission you now to go down to the earth to the sons of God. And he says, and I want you to awaken to awaken that which has gone dormant in their lives. And, and, and it was, he says it will waken up the gifts of the Spirit. It will waken up the gift of faith in particular, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, and the signs and wonders to operate. And it wasn't for every believer. It wasn't for every, every ministry. It was for very specific ones, and it was specifically for those who did not fall asleep. There was an, an extra uh, jolt to coming, but there's still been some things that, that even within them have been dormant. But then he, sh- he says, and also for those who cry out for it. So he still gives the opportunity for everyone else to say yes. But see, here's the difference between the gift of faith and the, the, the walking by faith. See, this is the everyday thing. We by faith. We do all these things in Christ. By faith, we go out and, f- and, and follow what God and do what God has called us to do. But the gift of faith is, is when we receive the infilling of the Spirit of God. The gift of faith is one of those gifts. But it has been one that has been dormant in so many. And we only see it occasionally. I've seen it happen a number of times. The first time in my life it happened was in the hospital in 1988. 
in Saskatoon where my dad died. He died. Doctor came out. He said, sorry, your dad is dead. They're writing up the death certificate. He says he died at this time. And the gift of faith started to rise up with him. It was a knowing that you know, that you know, that you know. And with it comes a boldness that you have never had before. Because it's annoying. It, it, would, be, it would be like, a te- any teachers here? Great teachers? And if, if, you, if, you, uh, if you had a child that comes and says, two plus two is seven. You wouldn't go, hmm, that's a tough one. I wonder. No, with total boldness and confidence, if you're a good teacher, you would say, no, two plus two is four. Right? That's the gift of faith. It's this absolute knowing. And I just said, no, he's not dead. He is alive. And this went on back and forth for like five minutes until the doctor got really mad at me and was calling the security to kick me out. And I said, no, you don't understand. 20 minutes passed from the time my dad died to the time that, that, that I kept saying, no, in the name of Jesus. And it boldness started to come out even more. No, in the name of Jesus, he is alive. He's not dead. And the doctor at that time just lost it. Like, he was really mad. He, oh, he, says, he says, listen, you're upsetting your mother. You're upsetting everybody here. He says, you've got to get around. And all of a sudden, the nurse comes running out. Doctor, just like in the science movie. Doctor, doctor, he's alive. I'm not joking. He's alive. That's the words, you know. Woo, I love it. It didn't fizzle me one bit. It, it, it was like I didn't go, oh, hallelujah. No, I said, yeah, of course. That's the gift of faith. And God is imparting that for, 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 for certain ones because it's lying dormant. If you have the Spirit of God in you, if you, have been, if you have received the infilling of the Spirit of God, He says that is there in you. And God has released angels to come in and to touch you and to say, yes, I wake it up. And not just that, but the gift of miracles. The sign while operating in signs and wonders because we're in a place that is so dark that the light has to be so bright. So we have to trim our wicks and we have to say, that which is dormant in me, awaken. That was part of the awakening within the church. Awaken. Can you say it with me? Wake up. Wake up. God is releasing some things right now to his body that are so powerful, so strong, and, and, and not just new things, but, but just causing a, a, an awakening and a dor- the things that are dormant to rise up. My daughter Miranda, I'm not going to ask her to come up, but she, on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, she had a vision, part two of my vision. I'm not joking. It was part two. She said she saw these um, people, believers, receiving this, this impartation, and it woke them up, and it says they became these mighty warriors. And I would say, that's just part two of what God showed me. That's not fair. Why are you showing her? She showed me. That's okay. She's part of me. She's got the same blood. Hallelujah. I mean, it's really cool. There's a lot more to it. I'm giving you the quick synopsis here. But there's so much happening. You know what, people? We're going to need a bigger boat. How many here have seen Jaws? 
Remember when the guy just throwing the chum out? We're going fishing. How many like fishing? We're going fishing. This is what sometimes we in the church here, we, we like to think. We're in, this, we're in this fishing boat and we're, oh yeah, this is cool. We're going to go fishing here. Victory, we have the power of God. We have this, we have that. And they're clueless. I'm serious, we're clueless. Because, because we've lost sight of the, the true purpose. We've lost sight of the, the, the true uh, mandate. And it's not us. And we've lost sight of, of, of what we've been called to and how serious this is. And this, this guy, he's going, yeah, we're going fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, jaws. And his eye. And he turns around. We're going to need a bigger boat. That's where we're at right now. People, we need a bigger boat. But guess what? God's already commissioned it. He's already said, take it. So it's for us to take hold of. Because when the darkness comes, and dark, more darkness will come, is coming. A bigger, a bigger shark. But that's okay. He's given us a bigger boat. Amen. Do you remember when Jesus, he said, cast your nets on the other side? Okay, okay, I'll just, I'll do it, I'm tired. They do it, and all of a sudden, the boat starts to sink. Guess what? Guess what they were saying? We're going to need a bigger boat. The nets start to break. We're going to need a bigger net. Here's the first step. Strip away, trim away. You know, when a boat starts to sink, what is the first thing you do? You get rid of the excess weight. We've got to get rid of the excess weight. And he's already commissioned the bigger net. He's already commissioned the bigger boat. And what's the reason? Not, not because the darkness and the, the, the evil's coming dark in a stronger way. That's part of it. But the real reason is because of the bigger catch. Can I have an amen? Because of the bigger catch. So here, I'm going to end with this. Um... I don't know where you're all at. I don't know where your youth are at. This is, I, I've had this in me for, from the beginning. But the youth, you can determine if you're part of the youth or not. Says, I still consider myself a youth. I can ask my wife. And, uh, but you need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You need to trim your wicks. You need to get a clearer focus. Because a great part of this is going to be on you. Are you, but you have to be willing to receive it. But you can't do it unless you are filled with the Spirit of God. And I don't know if, if, if you have received that. There's many of you that maybe you have been filled with the Spirit of God and you've, been, you've, you've received the, the infilling of this Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. When was the last time you've spoken in tongues? When was the last time you started to pray for two hours in tongues at home while you're driving every day, all day long? It's time. That's the time we're in to start to do that. And that's part of the awakening. It's still there, but you have to, you have to start to quicken that. And that's what this, we're going to end with this right now. How, how many here need that infilling of the Holy Spirit? You have never received that. Stand up. It's only if you want it. We're not allowed to pray. Bring you up, but it doesn't matter. Or, for, or not just the youth, but whomever.
If, that ha- if you haven't received that, we just say in Jesus' name. We say receive it in Jesus' name. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit and fire. Paul, John said, I am not the light, but one is coming after me that is going to baptize you in spirit and in fire. So we just say right now, receive it in Jesus' name, whoever you are. How many here can say, I've been, it's been dormant. I haven't, I haven't been faithful to that. There's many of us. You need, to, you need to say, yeah, Lord, I receive it now. I waken that up within me because that's the oil that you're going to need in these last days. That's the oil that you need. That's the oil that you have to fill up. And it says the foolish virgins, they woke up and they realized they didn't have the oil. And there was nothing they could do. There was, there's nothing you can do if you don't have the oil. If you don't have that anointing that is within you. But he's giving us this window of heaven right now. In Jesus' name. We say, Lord, I fill it up right now. And there's only one place you can buy it from. You, you, you can't get it from someone else. You can't get it. You can't go to anywhere else except the throne room of God. The Holy Spirit is the only one. And so you just lift your hand and you just say, Lord, I receive it right now. I take hold of it right now in Jesus' name. We release that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord, for this house. We say thank you, Lord. Oh, oh, Let's just stand, people. Let's just stand. Oh, Father, use us here. Take hold of us. We repent. We ask your forgiveness, Lord God, for allowing things to be dormant. Lord, give us a bigger boat, bigger net. We receive. Oh, we receive that jolt. Oh, that infilling. Oh, we say thank you, Lord. Oh, refreshing. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of prophecy to start to rise in this house like a crescendo unto you, Lord God. Take hold of it. Lord, the spirit of prophecy. Lord, to go out from this house into this community. Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Can we say amen?